0: Alrighty, welcome back to Happinesses in Brain Surgery with Doc Snipes. This is part three of our three-part series on preventing vulnerabilities. In this section, we're going to review what I call persistent vulnerabilities. And these are things that don't change very much from day to day, but they're issues that you may want to address in counseling in order to um, help reduce some chronic stress. And those include low self-esteem, a negative cognitive style, So kind of being a negative Nelly all the time, poor time management and poor communication skills. We talk about self-esteem a lot, but what is it? Self-esteem is really how you feel about who you are compared with who you think you should be. And who you think you should be is often dictated by the media, by your family, by your community, by whomever. But in reality, who you should be is who you want to be. What's important to you? What are your values that are important to you? Sometimes I ask people when they die, what are the three things they want to be be remembered for? And choosing behaviors that help them embody whatever those three things are helps them work towards their self esteem. I mean, we're not going to be perfect at everything. You know, if I wanted to be 5'10, because, you know, 5'10 is what you should be, well, that's not something i can achieve so i need to figure out how i feel about the fact that i'm nowhere near 5'10 and you know whether i want to use energy worrying about it cuz i can't change it low self esteem can cause people to feel not deserving of love or success i talk about self esteem a lot as your relationship with yourself if you look in the mirror and you don't like that person very much then it's going to be hard for you to feel like anybody else should like you. So it's one of the reasons you kind of should work on your self-esteem and figure out what's good about me. Why am I all that in a bag of chips? It may cause you to feel desperate for approval from others. If you can't tell yourself that you're okay, you may be looking to everybody else to tell you you're okay. Which, you know, we need validation from other people, don't get me wrong. But I find in people with low self-esteem, Anyone who has anything negative to say or who doesn't provide approval, that's who the person with negative self-esteem focuses on. They focus on the one naysayer instead of the 30 people that said positive things. So any sort of disapproval is just heart-wrenching. If you have positive self-esteem and you think that, you know, I am pretty okay and you may not like it, so tough tiddlywinks, makes life a lot easier. When you have low self-esteem, you can feel helpless because if you feel like you are a bad person, back to those global, stable, internal, negative generalizations, um, you can feel helpless to change the situation and helpless to do right. If you're requiring other people to tell you you're okay and they're not providing you that, then what happens if you can't do it for yourself? So we want to work on self-esteem. What do we do? Explore the characteristics you think you should have but don't. And then figure out which ones are important. You know, you can probably list 30 or 40 or maybe 50 things that would make you the perfect person. But then figure out, you know, which ones are really, really important. Which ones do I need to have as a person to consider myself a good person, to like myself? And then decide what to do about it. You know, if you put in your list being compassionate, well, great. If you don't feel like you're very compassionate right now, well, what can you do to be more compassionate? Start making a plan. And don't try to change everything overnight. Pick one thing, start working on changing it. Once you've achieved what you feel you need to in that area, start on the next thing. Positive improvements will breed positive improvements even if you don't try to make other positive improvements. So as you start to feel better about yourself, You'll find that your mood is probably a little bit better. You're a little less anxious um, and you feel like you deserve love and success for who you are. Negative perceptions are cognitive style. And we all know someone who's a negative Nelly. And we've all been in a state for one reason or another, we're sick or overtired, we're stressed out, whatever, that we get into a funk sometimes. And we are just cranky and cranky. You know, that's okay if you recognize it and then you take steps to do something about it. But people who are always negative see the world as a negative, depressing, out of the control, scary place. And that means living, just getting out of bed is really stressful. If you see everything as negative and not rewarding, you're not going to want to do anything. If you get up and go, I'll go to work, but what's the point? Well, What is the point? What's making you get up and go to work? Is it a paycheck? Is it just because you've got nothing else to do? Um, So trying to find the positives in things, not just the, you know, I've got nothing else to do, can help change your perceptions. Look for the silver lining. When you start to see something as negative, maybe you're in a job that you really don't like that much right now. Try to find the silver lining. You know, it's a job. And it's helping you build your resume right now, whatever the silver lining is. Um, I have a friend right now who's not real happy in his, his current job, and but he focuses on the fact that he wants to buy a house this year and is providing extra money in order for a down payment. So, score. So, that helps him find the silver lining. Find the positives in any event. You know, at least this didn't happen, or it could have been worse. Find your strengths that come out of it. You know, I, I talked in the last section about my son being a micro preemie, And I found a lot of strength in myself when I was, you know, dealing with that. Because little kids, especially preemies, can get sick and really sick really fast. But I found that I was pretty resilient. And I was able to bounce back when he would have a bad time, when he would stop breathing. I learned how to handle that too. <laughs> You know, there were a lot of things that I had to learn that I never dreamed I would be strong enough to do. And find the successes in things. You know, not everything is going to be 100% of a success, but what little successes happened? Focus on those. Even, you know, if you have generally just kind of a crappy day, look back at some of the successes that you had. You know, some things probably went right. You didn't split your pants. Well, score for that. Look for exceptions. When you're starting, again, to get negative and global, saying everything always is bad, find exceptions to that. Find something good that happened during the day. Identify what things are in your control and work on changing those. Improve the next moment. This moment may be pretty unpleasant. So what can you do to make the next moment a little bit better? And then something that they call find the pony. And there's a story that these parents took their kid to a therapist because he was just being disobedient and, you know, a teenager. And they dropped him off at the therapist's and they left. And they came back sometime later, a few hours later, and they found the kid in a room shoveling horse manure. And the parents were like, We can't even get him to clean his room. How in the world did you get him to clean horse manure out of this stall? and the therapist just said well let me let him tell you and they went and they asked the kid they're like we can't get you to do anything around the house why do you seem to be happy cleaning out this stall and he said you know what with all the crap i'm having to shovel in here there has got to be a pony in here somewhere and i want a pony find your pony you may have to shovel a lot of crap but find that little gold nugget in there somewhere that gives gives meaning to what you're doing poor organization and time management people who don't manage their time well who say yes to everything because they want to please everybody and i'm not saying you do it to be mean or you do it whatever i mean generally people who have poor organizational skills just don't think or they want to help somebody and they end up being overcommitted. so they end up feeling rushed and harried and then they start resenting they're like uh, why did I agree to help John move this weekend? Why can't John find somebody else to help him move? And their attitude gets negative. And it can cause you to forget to do things, which leads to conflict. If you commit to these other three things on Saturday, then remember that you told your roommate that you were going to clean out the garage. That can be a problem. So what do you do? Make a list of must-dos at the begin- beginning of each week. Stop saying yes right away. Anytime somebody asks you to do something, say, let me get back to you or let me check my calendar or find some drop back saying so you don't say yes and then be like, oh crap, I forgot, I promised so-and-so, such-and-such. Get back to them, but check your calendar and see what's on that must-do list. And then identify and address time sucks, which those are things that you do that aren't really necessary, that take an inordinate amount of time. For example, if you're one of those people who can get on the internet and start reading the news, and before you know it, it's two and a half hours later, you might wanna start setting an alarm. You know, Sure, reading the news is great, but two and a half hours, you may not need to spend doing that. So how much time do you want to allot to it? Set an alarm so you have to get up and turn it off, and it gets you out of internet land. That way you've got more time available to do more things that you want to do. And poor communication skills. When we don't communicate effectively, and sometimes there are certain people you don't communicate effectively with, you know, oil and water. We probably all have somebody like that in our life. But poor communication skills impede you from stating your needs. When you can't state your needs effectively and get them heard, then you feel invalidated. It may cause misunderstandings if you're not communicating effectively, which, again, can lead to hurt feelings and all kinds of nastiness. So learn about effective verbal and nonverbal communication. What does it look like? You know, it sounds hokey, but when you're talking to somebody, if you listen and stay focused and then take a pause, paraphrase what they said, so what, I, what I'm hearing you say is, you need this, this, and this done by the end of the week. Then they can say yes or no. That way you know that you heard their entire message and you interpreted it correctly. Stop expecting mind reading. You know, one of my favorite bands is uh, Avenged Sevenfold, and they just announced a bunch of tour dates. And unfortunately, they're not going to be in Tennessee, at least not yet. Um, But they announced a, a tour date in North Carolina. Now, I could say something like, Did you hear that Avenged Sevenfold has a concert coming up in North Carolina next month, you know, and if I expect people are going to read my mind and say that means I want to get tickets and go then I'm probably going to be sorely disappointed say what you mean and mean what you say. Don't assume you understand what the other person is talking about too many times, especially in American culture. We're so busy formulating our response after we hear the first third of the statement that we end up saying something that doesn't make any sense or doesn't follow you know think about it like if you were on jeopardy and you started to answer the question before he even read it you had just called the category there's no way you're going to get the right answer so you need to stay present and listen to the whole statement and create a win-win by stating the benefits of your way to the other person you know if you If you would call, if you're going to be late, it would really help me a lot and I wouldn't be nearly as stressed out and upset when you got home. Well, most people are going to hear that and go, okay, sure, let me put you on speed dial. Create a win-win. Help the other person see how your way is going to be beneficial to them. So over the past, you know, hour now, we've talked about a variety of different vulnerabilities. And vulnerabilities, the key with them is to be aware of them and adjust your day accordingly if you know that you're not on your a-game because you're tired or sick or stressed out or whatever um, plan for it and set yourself up so you have a more relaxing day be compassionate with yourself because none of us is on our a-game every single day when you are vulnerable know that you may react more strongly to things so if something happens and you react really strongly Take a pause, time out, whatever you want to call it, until you can deescalate and figure out, you know, was it really worth getting that upset about and what can I do about it? There are certain vulnerabilities you're not going to be able to completely get rid of. And, you know, that's just life. So how do you work with them? How do you work around them so they don't negatively impact your relationships and your health and your happiness? So think about last week. Of the vulnerabilities we talked about sickness lack of poor nutrition lack of quality sleep um, negative emotional states just waking up on the wrong side of the bed what impact did it have on you that day if you would have had this new information how might you have reacted or planned your day a little bit differently and would that have changed the outcome would things have gone a little bit more smoothly and how can you start integrating this knowledge into your routine how can you start becoming mindful you know especially first thing in the morning but again i usually say at every meal check in with yourself so you can plan for the next 3 or 4 hours to do what you need to do to meet your needs Addressing vulnerabilities frees up energy, so you can deal with other stuff that comes your way. If you are well-rested and well-nourished, then your body's not struggling to make those neurochemicals, so you have all this energy freed up to deal with the lemons that life might throw at you. Eliminating vulnerabilities can help you feel less stressed, exhausted, and overwhelmed all the time. Because remember, when you're stressed, your HPA axis, your threat response system, is going to be on, which is going to keep you from getting good sleep, which is going to activate the stress response system. And it's just this negative feedback um, until some somewhere along the way you go, enough. You know, going to cut the stress down, going to relax. That's why weekends are so good or your day off. Try to incorporate relaxation and recreation in at least one of your days of your day off so you can have a moment, preferably several moments, Where you're not feeling chronically stressed where you're actually truly happy persistent vulnerabilities are the first relapse warning sign and when i talk about relapse i'm talking about depression anxiety anger and addiction so if you are hungry if you're not well nourished um if you are angry you're having negative emotional states and you're just being a grumpy gust if you're lonely you know, that relationship with yourself, your self esteem's kind of in the crapper, and your relationships with other people aren't going so well, or you're tired because you're not getting sufficient quality of sleep, you're going to feel stressed. Your body's going to perceive a threat, and you need to figure out what to do about it so you don't end up becoming depressed, overly anxious, or whatever. Be mindful of when you're vulnerable and take positive steps to address it in order to ensure your recovery success now you're not gonna, again you're not going to be able to fix everything sometimes you're just going to be sick with a virus and you've got to learn to live with it but what can you do as far as adjusting your attitude or your activities to make it more tolerable and to enjoy being sick as much as you can I mean for me I turn on the Flintstones and you know eat grilled cheese and just generally kind of veg out but and that's me and, Netflix even thinks I'm five to eight years old, but I digress. Try to be as compassionate with yourself as you would be to your children or to your friends because you're probably your own worst enemy. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast so you get this every week and you don't have to tune in to the video. You can join our Facebook group and get not only um, videos, but also interaction with me and with the rest of the team. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash allceuseducation. And you can join our community and access additional resources at DocSnipes.com. Thank you for watching, and I'll see you next Tuesday.